Hey everybody, uh, Robert here. I know there's been uh, lots of yuck yucks in the Patreon readings for the past couple of weeks, but um, I just want to take this chance to personally thank all of the supporters out there. I mean, thanks to thanks to you all, we've been able to make almost 100 episodes of this crazy thing, and you know what, we have no plans of stopping yet, so here's to 100 more. Uh, without further ado, um, here are our Patreon supporters for this week. Uh, Hudson Miles, Robert Hawks, uh, Christopher Dunn, Nick Scott, uh, Ian Ford, Gullitice, Matthau Smets, uh, Miri Rain, Chris Walsh, uh, Chris Bruce, Mike Hammond, Mike Pollard, Jason Campbell, Michelle B, uh, Heather Romanchik, Noreen Elizabeth, Robert Andrews, uh, David Forsey, Heather Bade, Cheryl N, Chelsea Dab, and Shell Scott. Thank you all. Bye. Last week on Wonders and Blunders, Bree and Rowan managed to keep their tenuous truce with Fang the Colossal Eel as they carried the unconscious but alive body of Jaren towards the giant crystal city. They found an open gateway which led them inside, but Fang was not happy with being separated from Jaren. But not wanting to risk him coming back, Bree delivered a discreet but fatal wound to Jaren's neck and then handed him back off to Fang, who swam away up into the darkness. Bree communed with the axe and learned that the city seemed completely empty and abandoned and Bree and Rowan made their way deeper to try to find a way home. Back at the Aetherlock, Ben, Kara, Star, and Valen returned to the cabin to find that it had been attacked by Lilia and her Darkling servants. Two Wodes had been killed, Sky and Fezric were unconscious, and Bido and Light had been taken, and Lilia had left them a message, and she was waiting for them to attempt a rescue. We joined the party back at the Aetherlock as they rallied together to move off and rescue their lost friends. On this week's episode of Wonders and Blunders. With Bree and Rowan on the other side of a mysterious portal, and Light and Bido kidnapped by Lilia and her forces, the remaining members of the Caravan of Wonders stand around the battlefield of the Queen Mimic trying to figure out what to do next. What if I pretend and she takes me and then I can be... And she infects you with the dusk blood and it changes your personality and you become something else. I'm used to that. Well, it's different. You have some control now. No, you're right. You're right. It's stupid. Stupid idea. We have to get them back. Can we go kill those ravens? Ben is like, like <laughs> looking at, like, listen, like his ear, like listening. We start killing them while we move. Diglin walks past outside Star. Uh, you see Diglin just sort of standing nearby, not really looking at the group of you. And she tosses the two figures up in the air and the two birds start to circle around. Uh, the large brown one just methodically swooping into trees and killing ravens. And the blue one just like scouring the grounds. And then Diglin looks back to you, Kara, and says, we're going to go finish this. Yeah. Get some rest. At least 30 Darklings died here. Her forces will be weakened a bit for now, at least. If we wait, she'll just pull out more. You're right. And if she did something to Light and Bido, then the sooner we get them, the better. Yeah, she puts her hand on Ben's shoulder. You best get ready to pull whatever magic you pulled on Kara again, just in case. Okay. I I can do that too, but we have to get rid of Valilia first. And she makes her way to the front, um, kind of like reaching down and calming the still like agitated mimic. Through like Ben is firing off Toll the Deads. It's just like massive clouds of feathers, like, you know. Uh, floating there and uh, suddenly through the uh, swirl of feathers comes flying a uh, like a small owl the size of a mango and it uh, comes flying in towards Ben young adventurer young craven I found you and it uh, perches on the end of the side of the overturned caravan so where have you been Who's it talking to? <laughs> uh, ben is just staring at it. <laughs> Who? Whom? Of 
course, yes. I've... My gosh, I've been across the, the plains in pursuit of you and the party. I can't believe you were in the ethereal plane and the fae. And, uh, like, uh, whom just like a little owl, like, looks around at the, like, crying cats and the overturned everything and the scorch marks. Is, was, um, was this a bad time? <laughs> oh man. Translucent blue crystals. Look out into the endless dark of the ocean. Bree and Rowan have escaped the water, but who knows what lies in wait for them in this massive but still city. In this room that you are in, I mean, room is kind of a downplaying it a little bit. The proportions of this place are just stunning. But this place in particular, the, the, the section that you're in is quite empty, mostly bare. But looking at it, it, it is clear that it is built specifically for a purpose. There are these hundred foot by hundred foot indentations and then also like pedestals that were clearly built to surround or hold something, but whatever it was is long gone. The room is a little bit lit by the dull glow of one of these large cubes that sits on the ceiling uh, about 120 feet up. The walls being translucent, there are also pedestals and almost like workbenches, but carved from stone. And looking over them, they have these intricate runes on them. There are three large doorways, one to your left and one to your right. And then there is one straight ahead that sort of lines up with the gate. Two of them are open. The one that's straight ahead is closed with a huge metal door. Uh, these runes, can I, can I read them? Like, are they in giant or...? They are in giant, but you can't understand what they're saying. It, it seems like okay. there it, it's not entirely obvious what these runes are for, but you can see that they are meant to be like interacted with. Oh, all right. Uh, yeah, well, then I, I would probably try to interact with them then, like um, put my hand on them or like um, try to like move them or trace them with my finger, like just kind of poke around at them. Yeah. Um, so there's no like dust or anything on these. It, it is still like fairly clean, but like cold to the touch as your okay. hands move across these different runes. There is something to them that that really tells you that you are supposed to be like pushing buttons and stuff on this, but they nothing interacts. Uh, nothing okay. lights up as you as you touch it. Uh, what, what do they mean, Rowan? Oh, that's the that's the strangest thing. I, I can't really read them. That it's it seems to be some sort of console or or, or something like that. Like you, you you know you see in different wizards' places and stuff like that. But I I can't seem to make it work. I don't know if maybe it's the same reason all the lights are dim or or, or something like that. But it's not quite working right. Or, or at least I can't get the gist of it anyway. Uh, maybe it's broken. Uh, and Bree would kind of like heft the axe down from her shoulder and just like poke the console with the end of it. Even with the axe, nothing seems to happen. It's just sort of clinking against the stone. Mm. The only thing that sticks out beyond the runes themselves is there is a uh, hexagonal indentation. Uh, that is the only non-runed thing on this that, that sticks out to you. And there's nothing in the room that would match that shape that I could like pick up and move over. No, the the room besides this is is otherwise like completely empty. There are a few like strange tools and stuff sitting on the ground, um, but nothing that matches that hexagon pattern. Well, maybe maybe this is like some kind of some kind of key that needs to be like a like a password oh, kind of idea. You have key. Yeah, I got that thunder key, but but now I don't know if that's if this is the kind of lock that 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 really works on, and and also. I yeah, mean, this I'm is a little Storm bit. Giant City is Storm Giant Key. Uh, I'm also hesitant to to let that bang go out while while we're just trying to get our bearings here. You know, maybe maybe let's look around a little bit and and get a sense of of where we are and and uh, and maybe a I don't know. Let, let's get a, let's get our bearings and then maybe I'll try that key. Well, he's not a bad idea. The three doors, eeny meeny miny. Yeah, all right. Well, you, you choose Mo. Um, and Bree would, I think, just head to the, probably the first door on the left. Okay. 
Or the first tunnel on the left, because there's only the middle door you said was actually locked. The middle right? door is the only one that's closed, yeah. Yeah, okay. And it's like a like a traditional looking lock, or is it another octagonal kind of uh, on the door, if, if you go over and look at the door, you can see there is another hexagon port next to okay. the door in the uh, in the wall. Uh, okay. It's quite high up. Uh, is this a giant? This is a giant door. I'm assuming. So. Yeah, yeah, but you can see it in the wall above you, probably like 15 feet above you. Yeah. So, so I guess we're looking for for that hexagonal key, and it, you know, I'm, I'm willing to bet it's going to be heavy as anything else. Uh, so that's the other thing is it doesn't look especially big. It's only oh. it looks like whatever fits in this hole you could hold in your hand. Oh, you, you know, it actually it kind of looks smaller than that, doesn't it? Now that we're sort of sort of up closer. Yeah, maybe, maybe it won't be so bad. Fairly high up, though, but. Uh... Mm, well, I mean, if, you know, I'm on your shoulders or. Uh, oh, yeah, if I'm on your shoulders, then maybe, then maybe we can reach it. Well, it's uh, possible. Uh... All right. Before we go exploring, is maybe good idea to just uh, take a moment. Uh, I got yeah. hit with many things in that fight. Uh, hey. and you can see that like Bria is like <laughs> yeah. covered in slashes from from and then I guess like tentacle marks and everything else. Harpoons. Oh, uh, I think she's got a couple of harpoon holes in her shoulder <laughs> from that ice harpoon. <laughs> Oh, oh gosh, Bree, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, my nerves and momentum is just kind of carrying me forward. Absolutely, yeah, my goodness, yeah, let's uh, let's take a break. Uh, do you think this place is good or, or, or what? It's uh, good as any. Uh, if anything comes in or out, uh, I think we will know. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, absolutely, yeah, my goodness, yeah, let's take a break. I, I will say in case it changes your decision, um, so you know what's out the right side door because you swam past it. Uh, that's okay. where those houses and communal benches are. Right, okay. okay. You did. You could see through the window that that was uh, kind of abandoned, and there is only one way in and one way out of that room. Uh, one of them being this room. Okay. Yeah, I just I, I just wanted to take a quick uh, short rest to get some hit points back here. Yeah, sure. So I'm gonna do that. So during this short rest, you see Bree like reach into her uh, back pocket and uh, like the, the little tail pouch that she has, and uh, just pulls out a couple of different. Like I guess at this point, like soaking wet herbs and stuff uh, that you see, po- like she'll pop into her mouth, chew a bunch on, and then just spit out a glob of this that she pushes into the in like harpoon wound she's taken into her shoulder, hmm. um, and that's just kind of how she's uh, uh, healing over her short rest, um, right. as you've seen her do after like a couple of different larger battles. Have you, uh, you know, Bree? Have you, have you talked to Kara about those herbs? Uh, we have not had a good chance to connect on it yet. Uh, she seems pretty knowledgeable, but uh, I just know yeah. what makes it not so sore and uh, <laughs> helps me keep moving after time. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, I'm, I'm just doing some stretches and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, you, it's pretty easy to lock up after all that. Uh, you got out of fight pretty good. Oh, I did. Uh, yeah, I was lucky. It was not bad. Uh, it's only what a hundred, two hundred eel creatures we fight in pit. Well, I, to, to be honest, I was so focused on getting that, that axe unlocked, I don't think I really, really kept count. Uh, it seemed like uh, probably two, three hundred, I think. <laughs> uh, and Bree kind of looks at up at where, I guess, the eel swam away to and say, uh, we may have to make up story for Star about the eel. Yeah. Or at least for Dust. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to put our heads together once we get a, a better sense of, of where we are. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll come up with something good for him. <laughs> I suppose one thing at a time. Uh, and then Bree kind of like looks back to the to the task at hand. Yeah. Yeah, as you're talking, your voice is just echoing out in this empty chamber lit just by the, the light glow of this blue cube. All right. Well, well you said to the left, eh? So you know, when we were swimming around... This door to the right. This this is that uh, what looked like that like neighborhood area, right? Uh, yes, uh, it looked like many houses. Uh, there are maybe supplies there that we could use, but mm. it looked fairly abandoned. Yeah. So so why don't we kind of keep that to our backs for now? And uh, we've sort of bundled up and, and bandaged up a little bit. So let's explore to the left and get an idea of what's out there, and then and then maybe 
you know, when it's time to settle in for, well, it's always nighttime, but when it's time to settle in for, for a sleep, we can come back this way and, uh, and settle into one of those places we know is abandoned. Agreed. A smart idea. Uh, let us set off. All right, I'm okay. And, uh, yeah, Bree would kind of take the... I guess kind of try to take the front, but probably is just, like, walking alongside of Rowan. Um, I would definitely wouldn't really, let you get too far ahead because yeah, I don't want to be alone. Well. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're really yeah. big as also, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you're taking the... Sorry, the left or the right? The left. The left? Okay. Yeah. So going out to the left, you see there is another hallway type thing between two large sections. This is mostly unlit. The light Mm. spills out from the room that you're in for about 20 feet inside, but then beyond that, it is darkness. You can just see kind of the silhouettes of buildings and this stone pathway that leads through it. Oh, you you know, Bree, this might put a bit of a bit of a damper on things, uh, I won't be able to see anything out there. I don't imagine you're much different. Uh, no, it's very dark. Uh, hmm. well, maybe we should go back to the right then and uh, uh, and see if we can scrounge up some dry torches. Some torches or, or perhaps one of those cubes maybe work. Yeah, if, if we can like knock a knock a piece off or, or maybe there's, you know, something smaller. How how big are those like They're cubes? quite big. The, the yeah, ones yeah, on the okay, ceiling okay. are quite big, yeah. Yeah, I figured. All right. Uh, yeah, we, we'd have to. There's no way. We can't explore in the dark. We'd have to go yeah. back. Uh, okay, so going back and going to the right. In here, there is uh, a couple of these cubes in the ceiling which are casting this dim blue light. And you see basically what you saw from the outside. There are, yeah, probably 15 huge houses which have a, a, like a strangely cottagey feel to them. They, they are mm-hmm. made of stone with wood, wooden roofs. They look kind of out of place compared to, like, this big metal room that you just came out of. Uh, okay. It's, it's like walking into... It, like, if it wasn't surrounded by these crystal walls, you would expect to see these, you know, on a hillside or something. Mm-hmm. Huh. Huge communal tables, uh, which look like they could seat probably a hundred people at a time. Uh, Giant-sized wow, so people. Huge tables. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, okay. And they are positioned around a dry, non-functioning fountain, which depicts uh, like a baby storm giant, which is holding two buckets, and it looks like the buckets are supposed to overflow with water. Cute. Yeah. Is it standing oh. on one leg? Uh, it's sitting with like both of its legs straight oh, okay. forward. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, who, whoever these giants were, they, they seem to live in a real communal way, hey? The, this, this almost seems like it would have been nice. Hey, uh, not a bad little uh, village, I suppose. Uh, uh, can I, like, run my finger along just, like, either the bench or the fountain and try and see, like, how, like how dusty is it? Yeah. It's not dusty in here. There, There is, and you noticed it in the, in the metal room as well, there's mm. no layers of dust. They are very overgrown with, it looks like what used to be decorative flowers and that kind of yeah. thing. They are growing up over the benches, over the tables, and up the fountain, all of them sort of reaching for this blue, these blue cubes. I don't know how dust works in a sealed underwater city anyway, so yeah. I'm not sure I could put two and two together here. Well, uh, I don't know. Should we try the houses? They all look abandoned. There's no lights on in any of the houses? No, the, the only light is from these cubes, and it is not enough light to fully light up this place. A lot of it is very dim. Uh, yeah. Some of the upper houses, like the houses are on two levels, <laughs> some positioned above the others. The ones on the top uh, are well lit by the blue ones. Uh, some of the farther away ones on the bottom are almost in complete darkness. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess I would I would, I would, would try to go to a semi-lit house, one of the better lit ones, and uh, try and open the door. Yeah. Um, so moving up, like these, it's these big stone stairs. Uh, which you kind of have to reach up and like pull yourself like you you can't just walk up them normally uh, but moving up these <laughs> stairs they're, they're not so big that it takes a check or anything but uh, a little <sighs> bit of extra effort <laughs> yeah. uh, and you walk up to one of the better lit houses and uh, you open the door it opens smoothly you can actually notice on this door it there is no lock 
and the door doesn't creak or anything? No, the door the door opens. It seems to be still in, in quite good condition. I'm going to take a moment, which seems absurd given everything that's going on, but I, I think Rowan would be trying frantically to distract himself from the, the, the darker aspect. So uh, he's going to inspect the actual craftsmanship of this door and, and like at the hinges and stuff to see if it's if it's just really well made or if it's more of a, a more of a magic situation. I'll just give this to you because of your background of being able to like look at mm-hmm. dungeons and that kind of thing. Every every part of this and even just glancing now that you're close to this door, glancing at the other houses, each of them were made individually. They have their own differences. Uh, they're made with quite a bit of love. So they are quite well made. Mm. The craftsmanship on the entire house, like you, you can see the love put into the building of the house. But the door not squeaking, you know that there's no amount of craftsmanship that can stop a door from squeaking if it's left long enough. Yeah. Oh, the, the craftsmanship here, Bree, is, is really incredible. You know, uh, it's amazing, really. Like, I mean, I know it's all sort of bizarrely immaculate and all that, and, and that's a different story that maybe magic or, or those weird cubes or, or something like that. But, I mean, just look at the details. Like, these buildings were crafted with love and, and care for, for the families that were going to live in it. This is really something. It's a very nice city. Uh, other cities are not quite like this. Oh, this is first well, giant city I have ever been in. Uh, yeah, you and me both. Uh, I mean, I know some like when we were in Pralia, you know that that place wasn't like this. Like there were some nice areas, but I mean, this kind of craftsmanship was reserved for pretty. Uh, so that's a good point, Bree. Maybe, maybe this is just the like the wealthy end of town or something. Oh, he's uh, maybe full of gold then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll find gold. So inside the house is quite dark. The only light coming through the windows from these blue cubes, casting these blue squares on the ground. In here, through those lights, you can't, there is dust. Mm. Floating a little bit in the air as the door opens and creates a current, some of it gets tossed up in the air. You can see that there is kind of a quaint sitting area. In here, there is a fire pit on the ground with a couple of like large comfortable cushioned areas for sitting around it as well as like a table and some cooking implements there is another room that looks like it's more of a proper kitchen slash reading area a couple of old books most of them like long disintegrated Uh, and there is a staircase that goes upstairs i assume there's no food in this kitchen of any sort or or nothing like left up I, i guess one of the questions that i am having is like Does this place look like it was abandoned in haste or like is everything neat and tidy? It's not it's not neat and tidy. It looks lived in, but it's not turned over like someone left in a hurry. Right. Uh, Things are just kind of left where they would be convenient. Like there's obviously some spaces for these cooking materials that are left around in the in the living area around the hearth. There's obviously places for them on the walls and the shelves. They're not placed there, but they are placed in places where they would be convenient to grab. But it doesn't, it doesn't look like see. this city like crashed out of the sky into the ocean and everything got like exploded all over the place. Or no, no, definitely not. Okay. So strange. It looks, I mean, honestly, it looks like if it wasn't so dark and still, you would be worried that somebody would walk through the door at any time and just start living right. in here again. He's in good shape, but there's not much in the way of food. Uh, why don't we take a look around? Uh... Yeah, actually, Bree, if you if you look around and even kind of smell for food, you can smell. I'm, I'm always, always smelling for food. Yeah, <laughs> it, it doesn't smell rotten, but you can see that there's kind of like an ice box. And when you open it up, it is just full of dust. Hey, well, Ooh. this has been here a very long time, Rowan. Is that, Ooh, that was food. I think uh, even I would not eat this. Yeah, by the branches. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's got to be, uh, takes a, uh, food just doesn't do that. That's a long time. Hey, this is a lifetime. Oh. And I, I'll kind of turn and, and survey the room again and kind of like out the, if there's a window or something and just like, well, what happened to this place? I do not know, but there must be answers somewhere. Uh, city does not just 
appear in bottom of ocean. Mm, Unless yeah. it's built down here. Uh, which I guess maybe given crystal structures. It's all very strange to me. Uh, very strange. Well, I mean... Yeah, I mean, this is a mystery. This is this is something. I almost wish I almost wish the, the, everybody else could see this. I, oy. Well, when we find way back, uh, maybe we find way here at the same time. Yeah, that's true. You know, maybe maybe it's an open door. Yeah, and you can see, like, Bree is getting like more and more anxious uh, as time goes on, and the, like the weirdness of this city, and she's just kind of like casually rifling through kind of everything uh, as we go. Yeah. I don't know if it even makes sense to, like, make an investigation check. There doesn't seem like there'd be anything here. I guess I'd want to look upstairs. So, making your way up the stairs, um, up, up here is dusty as well. The stairway leads into the center of a large bedroom, and it is completely pitch black in here except for one square of light that is coming through one of the windows, which is cast onto a large bed. Uh, which you kind of have to look up at. I, I think, like, your heads kind of breach just the top of the bed. Okay. Uh, and you can see there is a figure in the bed, a giant humanoid figure. I clutch Bree. <laughs> Kara, Ben, Star, and Valen converse once again with an old friend or companion? Uh, acquaintance? Whom, no longer possessing Ben, stands before them as an owl roughly the size of a mango. Uh, yeah, whom, whom goes, uh, kind of realizes the gravity of the situation. Says, uh, is this a bad time? Yes. Yes, it's a terrible time. Where have you been? Uh, on quite the quest to, uh, find you. Countless time has passed and Mm. My consciousness scattered across the ethereal plane. But uh, give me a lot of time to contemplate and think on, on what... Should um, you not comfort them? The felines are weeping. And, and like the little owl kind of looks over at Ben and then back at Valen. They just need to cry, I think. What has happened? And Ben is uh, like staring at whom like with a furious look on his face. We were attacked by Lilia and her goons. Uh, that fiend! They've run off with, with Baito and, and Light. The, the small lizard! Well, uh, shall we uh, after them, adventurers? Oh! And the little owl kind of hops, uh, little jumps along the caravan, the side of the caravan that he's on. You're no longer possessing Benjamin. Oh, um, no, no, he did not, uh, right, young Benjamin, I'm not welcome in his mind. You're not welcome here at all. I don't want you in my mind, I don't want you, what are you, like, just get out of here. Whom, like, puffs up his feathers, and he's like, oh, oh, Benjamin, you don't mean that. I, I, I do mean it. We have, <laughs> just, just get out of here. Like, you, <sighs> we don't need you, this is your fault anyway. How did you track us across the plains? Benjamin and I share a connection and I can I can see the path through time that he took. A faint trail on the edge of perception. Shoot. Rats. Acorns. You couldn't do that with any other members of our party, could you? Uh, doubtful I would need. No, no, I, my connection to Benjamin goes back generations in his family. Unfortunately. And uh, like throws a, uh, like a, a chunk of snow or something at him. <laughs> like picks up something <laughs> and whips it at him. And whom like kind of flies over a little bit. And he's like, oh, well, um, maybe you um, should be given a moment. Uh, clearly, my counsel is not uh, wanted at this moment. I'm going to go rest so that I can reach out to Rowan and Brazizia. Yeah, Ben storms away and uh, slams the door of the cabin. The cabin doesn't have a door anymore. <laughs> Got torn off. Uh, ben, uh, yeah, <laughs> storms into the cabin. So you can see Diglin is up on the front of the Mimic, having some 
trouble. You can feel the ground kind of vibrating as Diglin is like whistling and throwing the reins around on the front of the cabin. And uh, she comes back down to you and she's like stumbling when she comes back down. You can tell that she's quite hurt and she just kind of like falls to the ground and then gets it back up in a huff. And it's just like, she won't move. We've, uh, we can go on foot, track down the goats and take the caravan or something. I think we're all in need of a bit of rest before we go anywhere. She won't move? She won't listen to me. I don't know why. Perhaps she's injured. Maybe. The beasts of burden are missing. And like the owl flies over. I could assist in seeking them. Diglin kind of looks at, or yeah, tilts her head up towards where Hoom is and says, yeah, uh, uh, go, go find the goats. Right away, seeking. <laughs> Hoom fl- flits away. <laughs> So are we, like, in exactly the same spot as we were attacked then? Or as the caravan was attacked? Yeah. Yeah, so it, it was up when you came into this uh, this bushel that it, it was hidden in, clearly agitated, and then when it recognized you, dug itself down into the ground. Okay. And now when Diglin is trying to get it to rear up, it is refusing. Might it recover with, with, with a, a short amount of rest? Maybe it needs some food. Yeah, maybe. I'll, uh, well, the bird is looking for the goats. I'll grab it something to eat. She makes her way back into the cabin and kind of like kicks at the door, which has been ripped off in the front, um, like stepping past the woods, makes her way inside. Yeah, I look over to see how Star and Sky and Dust are doing. Yeah, kind of the um, very intense loud sobbing has subsided a little bit and now they're just kind of like sitting together like just sort of like not really looking in any one direction as you uh, look over star is kind of staring off into the distance a little bit and then you see him like shake his head and then he stands up and then walks back over to the group like kind of like wiping his face a little bit and then um when he walks up and he just sort of says what's the plan we recover here shortly. I'll communicate with Rowan. And we set out to find Baito and Light, I suppose. Do we know where they are? Something tells me not far from where we recovered Kara. Because I can tell you who would be looking for me more than anyone else right now. Light? And so I... I'm going to ask you if you would be willing to use the compass and say her name instead. If, if we do that, we, we won't be able to use it. I know. I still have to ask. You understand I have to ask. Absolutely, and I, I'm, I'm strongly considering doing so. We, we believe that they're close and we could probably get to them, and we don't know anything about where Rowan and Bree are other than that the water was really, really deep and dark. So probably an ocean or a, an, an even bigger lake. Or another plane. Or another plane. And we don't, or, or they maybe they're dead. We, 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 we can't, I'm not asking to do it now. We have to speak, try to speak to them first, but. It only lasts a day, a charge. So I think we should look for light. It, it's possible that if, we use it successfully and and we locate light uh, it, it might recharge itself mm-hmm. however the other side of it is that without them i don't know if we stand as good a chance trying to save her unfortunately that's not an option we have right now we have to work with the resources we have i know I'm really going to need some sleep before we go after Lilia. Me too. Diglin, can this thing uh, lift? Can it move? Can we get away from this place where we were attacked? It's not moving. Uh, what? Yeah. She tried to get what it up. What do you mean it's not moving? It might be injured or it might need to eat. Yeah, I think I would head inside and just try and find a, a corner to <laughs> take a little power nap. 
Yeah, yeah. Star kind of like wordlessly walks away and gathers up sky and dust <laughs> and brings them into the caravan. Yeah. Okay. Wait, is it tipped over still? It is. Yeah. So I think there's like some maintenance to be done, like fixing up the inside of the cabin so that it's sleepable. Because right now it's just like a field hospital. Mm-hmm. Right. Fixing up the caravan, finding the the goats and that kind of thing. And as you're going into the cabin, Diglin is coming back out with a bow over her shoulder and a quiver. I'll come with you, Diglin, and um, try and find goats or food. Okay. And just, yeah, keeps walking. Bree and Rowan stand in the bedroom of what they thought was an empty home, peering over the edge of a giant bed at the motionless figure lying in it. He can't be alive, can it? Oh, I don't know. I mean, surely not. Uh, all right, hey, uh, um, let's, let's go down to the foot here and hoist me up. Let me see if I can peek. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll hoist Rowan up and then I'll try to, like, climb up after him once he's up on. Rowan, I think, like, you are struck as this is happening with really similar fairy tales that were told around Furball campfires mm. when you were growing up of people yeah. stumbling into a sleeping giant's house, yeah. climbing up onto the bed and being eaten for breakfast. I think the only reason Bree can't see me sweat is because I'm already still soaked from, from the water. But uh, <laughs> yeah, now like now I've, I'm really feeling clammy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm like kind of like shushing without even really looking at Bree or at anything. I'm just like shushing generally. It's like, shush, 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 okay, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Shush, 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 shush. And when you look up in the bed, you can see a desiccated, mummified storm giant. Long, long dead. He's like under the sheets. Under the sheets uh, with with their hands clasped over their chest in like a piece, like a very peaceful, like they just went to sleep. Uh, that looks pretty dead to me. It looks very dead, but he's of old age, maybe? Yeah, like, like he just went to sleep. It's a, it's a he? Difficult to tell. Okay. Like, uh, does he have a big skeleton donger? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> huge skeletal erection, pitching a tent under the uh, under the sheets. It's uh, it, like it went to bed and 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 just didn't just didn't wake up. I'm I'm gonna walk like right up to its its head um, and and try to see like is it clasping anything or is there any anything on the on the uh, the body. Uh, going up to look at the hands, they're not like clutching anything, but you do pick out one of the few remaining things on the body. It seems like uh, there are, they were definitely wearing some kind of clothing, but most mm-hmm. of it is is kind of lost to time. But on one of its fingers, it is wearing a ring with a hexagonal shape in it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And it has a rune in giant. Which, Rowan, you would be able to read as Kifgeld, is what it says. Kifgeld. What is Kifgeld? Kifgeld. I, hmm, I, I don't really I don't really know the translation of that. That is, I'm not really sure what that means, to be honest. But, but this looks like it fit one of those, you know, one of those slots. Oh, well, uh, you might as well try. Uh, and Bree just, like, cracks the finger oh, off. Okay. Just dust kind of puffs out from the joint as it pretty <laughs> easily snaps off. Oh, God, these old bones. Uh, and yeah, so, uh, I guess slides the ring off and yeah. wears it as like an armband. I don't know how big is this thing. <laughs> I mean, it would it would fit on your wrist definitely. You, you'd be able to fit it on your wrist. It, it slides off the finger quite easily. The flesh long uh, long gone. Uh, just sort of wrapped around the the bone of the finger. Ah, he's like uh, Yuri says. He's make uh, gold, make good armor. Yes. Rowan is just like a gape and <laughs> like not breathing. <gasps> oh, <clears throat> oh. I'm gonna get down. <laughs> and uh, he's like, just kind of like half frozen, half like in shock. Kind of like get to the edge of the bed and like sit on it with my feet over, and then like scooch over the edge. What well, is this bed like? 
is this the comfiest bed we've ever been on? Like, I'm imagining this is like a super giant ultra king size, basically, for us. But also, everything else has been so nicely made. The form of this body, like, even though it has lost quite a bit of weight over the over the time, you can see that the bed is still indented in its original form. Like, even, even where the, the limbs have sort of desiccated and eroded away, the bed itself still holds the shape of the giant that slept in it. Oh, this place is creepy as hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as, as Rowan is, is off the bed now, kind of trying to regulate his breathing again, uh, he's going to look under the bed, see if there's any debris or anything might stand out. Uh, no, you see a set of uh, two sets of boots under the two. bed. Mm, okay. Giant-sized, obviously. One of them looking... They're, they're both in, in fairly good condition. One of them looks l- like they're a bit more beat up, like a work boot, and then there's like a, a fancier sort of dress boot. And are they leather, or, or like what would they be made of, or, or can I tell? They're definitely not leather because they've completely held up. Right, okay. Hmm. But you're not, you're not quite sure what material they are made of. Hey, uh, hey... What do you think of these boots? And I'm going to try to like haul one out and be like, I mean, you know, we don't have much use for a boot this big, but this material's held up pretty well for a long time. I don't know, maybe... Uh... It is amazing, the uh, the craftsmanship of this place. And Bria's just like sitting on the edge of the bed with her like feet dangling off uh, yeah. and just like pushing down on the bed above Rowan. He's uh, very nice. I would love to know what they do to craft like this. I would be able to improve my designs much better. It's amazing. Yeah, like it's it's amazing. Every everything we look at is just like just so much, so much care and attention went into it. I, I'd almost like to. Well, I won't say that out loud. Never mind. Uh, and yeah, Bree Bree hops off the hops off the bed uh, to take a look at the boot and see if I would recognize the material or creature or. It's not far from leather. It feels leathery in your in your hands but it is it is a strange a strange material you've definitely never encountered can i cut it with my dagger yes you can it is it is not so strong that it can't be uh, cut it takes a bit of effort uh, but you uh, your dagger is sharp this is uh, pretty good uh, do you mind uh, taking a moment rowan uh, i would hate to let something this uh, tough go to waste oh not at all i mean you know at the very least uh, i mean ben could finally get some shoes that he doesn't rip through every time he changes. Uh, well, if Ben was more grateful for pants that I made for him, then maybe he would also get shoes. But at this <laughs> point, I think that boy has been given quite enough. Oh, that boy uh, is nine years old. He, he doesn't know that yet. He, he, he appreciates it in his own way. You've definitely struck a chord with Bree. She starts, like, <laughs> sawing more aggressively. Uh, and yeah. yeah, I would like to harvest the uh, desiccated corpse of these boots yeah. for materials. <laughs> yeah. You can get quite a bit of material off of it. Uh, and because of the size of the boots. Cool. Cool. All right. Yeah, yeah. So I will I will just harvest off a few blocks, squares, or whatever, roll it up, and uh, tuck it into my sack. Okay. Well, too bad we can't eat it. I, I guess we got to move on to the next house, I suppose. I mean, we do have key, uh, but you are right. Uh, I would like to find... Jeez, they make things so well. I would kind of wonder if they have... Uh, blacksmith or something of kind yeah now there's a thought eh? uh imagine what they could do with uh yeah oh well uh well let's go let, let, let's find the next one so are you gonna pick through the rest of the houses or uh just continue on i think maybe just like a, a quick pick through maybe like one or two of the houses we, we might even split up and just search a house each uh, yeah yeah and, and i mean if you wanted you could even just kind of do like a highlight of if there's anything particularly different yeah uh, that's yeah. what i'll do i'll say like maybe you take a, an hour or so yeah to just just make sure that you go through a, a couple more houses look for some torch material as well yeah Easily you find uh, torch material. A lot of the hearths in these houses do have the things for starting fires, uh, some, some of which have survived. Some very, very old paper and stuff like that, which will catch amazingly. And going okay. through the houses, you can see that there are some similarities between them, but that each one was sort of uniquely created for the people that live in it. You can see that the, the other one was probably meant for about two people to live in, 
but a couple of the ones you go into were made for families, mm. one of them even having an empty crib. These houses that you check don't have anyone in them. Okay. But they are in the same state of kind of preserved. So, so neither of them are like dusty. The, the same thing, things have been placed conveniently like somebody could walk back in at any time. You don't find any more of these rings. One of the houses that you go into, there is a blacksmith's apron inside, and you can see that they there are some smithing tools tucked into the belt of it. Mm-hmm. Quite large and showing, even with this like impressive material, singe marks that singe almost all the way through this apron, like extremely well used. And in this house, I think you see over the door a short sword, but for a giant, on a plaque above the door. Cool. So a great sword. Yeah. <laughs> oh, over the door. What kind of wacky hijinks am I going to get up to trying to get this down? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think I would I would I would have to call Rowan over to that house, um, uh, and and point out the sword and say, uh, Rowan, Rowan, this is a massive sword in here. Before your voice sort of calls out for Rowan, Rowan in the other house, there there's quite a bit of artistic supplies. Um, so okay. you see like canvases, a lot of them like worn almost all the way through, some old paints which have just hardened to rock. The, the room that was sort of like a kitchen and reading room in the other one is basically the whole bottom floor of this. And it is just what must have been a studio. The windows in, the, in here are much larger. Mm-hmm. You can see old paintings and sketches of the of the communal grounds outside. It just brings a chill to you to see these communities, each one of the giants that have been painted in this, painted with like careful detail with each of the faces. Even after all of this time, there is so much individuality and so much like life and vibrance and happiness. And looking out the window, you see the same scene of just nothing, just this dull blue light with no movement. Wow. And you do see two pictures in here and I think this is as Bree calls out to you you are unfurling a picture having to stand on one end of it on the ground and push it out Mm -hmm. you see these crystals like very clearly the same sort of crystal city that you are in but the base of it is surrounded in clouds and there are clouds all around it and sort of birds flying past this love letter picture to the city wow and how how big is this roll? Like how how big is this roll of paper? I mean, it's got to be massive, I guess. It's it's pretty big. Uh, like rolling, if you rolled it up, you would be able to carry it. It would be probably uh, almost as tall as you. Yeah. If you had it rolled up, but you you could you could carry it around. I hear I hear Bree call out, and I hear that uh, it's not like I'm in trouble. It's more of like come see this. So I think. Uh, I think I would roll that up quickly to take it with me to show Bree, but also um, that that paint that's like hard as a rock right now. Is there anything uh, any particularly bright or or unusual colors? They have an amazing assortment of colors, and you can tell that they were expertly mixing them to get mm-hmm. uh, the colors. Like you, you can't imagine where they got some of these pigments. Yeah. So yeah, I would say there are some very interesting. I'll take the, the the hilt of my short sword and try to crunch up a couple of them to take like little little nuggets of some of like the more fancier and some of the more striking colors and I'll put them in some of the empty pockets of my my bandolier and kind of be like, well, I bet you I bet you Kara's journal will really like a couple of these and, and I'll kind of poke them away and um, and then kind of trot off to see what Bree's talking about with that sort of canvas over my shoulder like a like a lumberjack axe kind of idea. And yeah, I, th- I think when you enter the house, Bree is like unspooled the rope from her bag and uh, she's just like very poorly trying to <laughs> uh, throw like not even a noose on one end. Yeah. Uh, just like trying to throw it up uh, to the to the sword. Oh, we're going fishing, are we? Uh, uh, look, 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 look. Uh, and points up at the sword. I like I kind of instinctually duck and then like move out from underneath it and like, oh, Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, uh, well, okay. First of all, we're going to want a loop on that, on the end of that rope. Uh, let, hmm, let's think this hey, out. This is why I called you in here. I, it's not so easy for me. Um, and just like holds up like her big, big clawed <laughs> crocodile hands and this like regular kind of rope. Yeah. Um, uh, how, how high up is it? 
the doorway would be about 30 feet. Yeah, so I, I would say like 35 feet above the ground. 50, right. 50 feet of rope, so... Yeah, you know, so you, you yeah. would be able to throw the end up to it. A little or whatever, but... Uh, Rowan, you are so dexterous. I, I, I thought maybe you would have an uh, easier time getting hold, and then I can pull. And, and I, then get I, out of way. I look at Bree, and I think, you know what? I think that's the first time anyone's called me dexterous. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I'll try tying a little a loop into the end of the rope and, and kind of make the... It's 30 feet up, and we've got 50 feet, so maybe I'll use, like, two or three feet of rope to kind of make a heavier knot at the end to kind of give it a bit of heft. Sure. Um, all right. Well, well how about we uh, we throw this up and, and try to get it around one end of the sword, and, and then we can kind of yank it down. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And uh, just uh, be careful when it falls. It's probably very sharp. Yeah, I bet it is, eh? Oh, yeah, from that height, that'll... Uh, but yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, uh, I won't think about that, and uh, let's just get... You're uh, uh, fishy-fishy, and I'll kind of give it a spin and then throw the, the rope up and try to get it around. Uh, sure, just make a uh, ranged attack. Uh, I'm proficient with this, right? <laughs> <laughs> nah, this... Yeah, uh, seven, so even if I get my proficiency, it's still only ten. Okay. So what, what I'll say is that it just takes a bunch of tries. Okay. So like you, you do spend some time doing it, but at, like with no rush or anything like that, I, I would say it just takes probably like 20 to 30 frustrating <laughs> minutes. That's and every time the- I look at Bree and like I blush a little harder thinking about calling me dexterous and then like I'll miss and be like, yeah, well, uh, you know, practice makes perfect. And then I'll do it and I'll blush a little harder. I'm like, you know, next time we got this and then I'll go. Yeah. So and, it's a lot and of Bree is very encouraging this entire time. <laughs> She's excited to see like what kind of things that they're making here. So finally, and almost by fluke, it manages to wrap around a section of the hilt of the sword. I think maybe one of the many times that you've tried this, you did manage to get it like around the blade, but then when you pulled, it just cut the rope. Right. Um, so getting it like retied, putting it over the hilt, both of you pulling on it, it rocks back and forth and then rolls off of the display that it's sitting on and hits the ground, just digging straight into the floor and letting out this in the otherwise complete silence. Like, I think the camera goes outside of the house and you just hear like, bang! And then it like <laughs> zooms out from the entire city as this bang just reverberates through the empty hallways. Thank you for listening to another episode of Wonders and Blunders. Benjamin Craven and Whom were played by Mitchell Bradbury. Brazicia Dask was played by Kieran Dyke. Karadov was played by Kate Clark. Rowan was played by Andy Woolridge. Star was played by Robert Robert. And Valen was played by Evan Walsh. The world of Fadoon and the NPCs within it are created and controlled by me, Mike Farty, your dungeon mom. If you want to support the show, go check us out at patreon.com slash wonderandblunder. Follow us on social media at wonderandblunder. And leave us a five-star review on whatever podcatcher you're listening to us on. All of those things are immensely helpful when it comes to growing the show, and we really appreciate it. You can find links to those things in the show notes. And as always, keep being the best. We love you very much, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.